Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Welcome to the 2X Podcast. Here's your host, Bill Kasky. Hello, everybody. Bill Kasky here, the 2X Podcast. The reason I do this podcast is because I want you to significantly improve your results in the next 24 hours. Now, maybe the next year. So I do this podcast every week, and I go a little bit deeper than I do on the Advanced Selling Podcast with Brian Neal, which I encourage you to listen to. It's a totally different kind of vibe. But I go into a fair amount of detail on this podcast. And today, I'm going to list the top 10 problems. Let me rephrase that. I'm going to give you 10 problems that I hear every week from sales teams, from sales leaders, from CEOs. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through each of these 10. I'm going to give you one thing that will fix this problem, or at least put you on the road to fixing it. I don't pretend that, you know, these problems that I'm going to be talking about, some are fairly complex and complicated, but sometimes there's just an easy answer. What was the, what's the thing? Is it called Johari's window? It's some kind of a model of problem solving where usually the answer to a problem or the solution is the simplest of things. It's not to create a 17-point process behind each one of these. It's to find out what's the one thing I can do to start to solve this thing. So that's what I'm going to do. Got 10. Going to go through them pretty quickly. I'm also going to be doing a LinkedIn video on some of these as well over the next few weeks. So if you're not connected with me on LinkedIn, just look up Bill Kasky on LinkedIn. Make sure you connect. I'll connect with you. You can watch some of these as well. Probably go into a little bit more detail in the LinkedIn videos. These were assembled because I have actually 20 of them that I think sales leaders and sales managers really need to think about. And I know it's it's easy to get wrapped up in the day-to-day and doing your job and doing your work and doing your doing, but I think it's occasionally good to step back and say, where are we struggling? And so I've pulled these 10 out of the total list of 20 because I think they apply to sales teams. So if you're a sales leader, make sure you do connect with me on LinkedIn because I'm going to be doing a webinar here. We've done a couple of webinars. We're going to we're going to modify them a little bit, change them up, and I think they're going to be better and we're going to be talking about some of these things. So number 1, you are not in control of the sales process your customer is. You're not in control of your own sales process. Now think about how silly that is. Think about if you went into a surgeon to have work done and and the surgeon looked to you for advice on how you think he should or she should proceed. When do you think we should give you your shot of uh, morphine or of whatever, painkiller? What, what, when would you like to have that? I feel like well, that would be silly. But we do it all the time as salespeople. I see it all the time. There's somehow a reluctance to take control. I'm not talking about bullying here either. I'm talking about have a process and working through it. So number one, 
You're not in control. You don't have a sales process. You don't have a sales process that's good for you or good for them. It's got to be good for them too. So if you don't have a sales process, don't be surprised if you're going to be out of control. Number two, you have no scalable lead generation strategy. It's all up to you. I was on a call with a group. In fact, the group is called the 2X Group. It's for sales professionals who are really serious and committed to growing their business exponentially. You got one guy on there who's who's at 200% of quota by the end of August for the year, 200%. And he will tell you, if you were to ask him, that these 10 things he's fixed. He's fixed every one of these, except this one. And that is no scalable lead generation strategy. Now, I talked here in the last episode or two about the notion of a lead magnet and of uh, creating some kind of upfront document or production that a person can go from not knowing you exist and not knowing they need what you have to knowing both. So I would go back to the answer to number two here. I'd go back and listen to that episode and create something. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I know your marketing team's going to resist I know your sales manager is going to resist. They're going to say, you know what? That's not your job to create. I don't know what voice that is, but that's not your job to create that. That's marketing. You go out there and sell, brother. And it's just wrong because you're never going to have anything that's scalable. Marketing doesn't think about scaling. Marketing thinks about what can we do to generate business today and this year? You've got to think about scaling your business. I did another podcast episode on this here a few months ago. So get a lead generation document or freebie or lead magnet. Go create one. Listen to that podcast and you'll get educated about that. Number three, you're not in front of the right people. I would say probably in the priority list of issues, this is probably number two or three. Maybe number one, depending upon your business. But I hear this all of the time. And you know what? I Actually, I don't hear this coming from the mouths of sales professionals. What I hear is, yeah, no, I'm in, I'm in front of the right guy. Now, he's got to get it approved by somebody else, but I'm in front of the right person. Well, you're not in front of the right person or the right people if somebody has to go get someone else's approval. You're not there to communicate, to, to answer obstacles and objections and to answer questions. You're not there. And you're putting all your faith in this person that you have enga- you've enlisted to do your bidding. They ain't going to do it. I bet you if you looked at your closing percentage that you would find very quickly that when you were in front of the right people and all of the right people in the decision process, I bet you'd have a closing percent three to five X what it is when you're not. So here's number one. Here's what you need to do. Part of your process needs to put you in front of that group. And if you do not get to go in front of that group, if they don't like that part of the process, then I would suggest you consider leaving the process because your odds are just not good. Now, I also know that some of you are in complex sales where you've got lots of people who weigh in on the decisions and it might be virtually impossible, but come up with a creative way to do it. I've got one client who knows full well that he's only going to be in front of 50% of the decision process, the people in it, and so he creates a video of the proposal or of the presentation to send to those people. So now he can be there digitally and not have to worry about whether he has armed his people internally and the internal champions with the right content, the right techniques and strategies. 
So it's one way. Get creative there. How can you be in front of the right people? That's just one tip without necessarily physically being in front of them. Because we got remote decision makers. Well, I know that. Number four, you don't have the right message. Your message leaves your prospect cold. Message leaves the prospect cold. You ever had that? You ever been in front of somebody and you, you lay it out and you thought you nailed it and they say, oh, okay, all right then, well, what else you got here for me? And there's nothing. Your message must be spoken from the perspective of the prospect, not from your perspective. That's the tip. Right now, stop the podcast and recite what your message is. When someone says to you on a first call, well, tell me, what do you guys do over there at ABC? What do you say? If what you say is a bunch of features and benefits and blather about how great you are, they do not care. They will not care. So you've got to change your message to where it operates and comes from the perspective of the customer. Number five, fear drives you. Fear is not your friend. I know we say, oh, yeah, but, you know, I've always heard fear gets me out of bed in the morning. Uh, I don't think so. I think if fear gets you out of bed in the morning, you have your priorities messed up and your values are not right and your head's not in the game. You should be getting out of bed in the morning with a bias toward action of helping people solve problems. So if you're afraid, recognize you're looking at the business life all wrong. You're looking at it all wrong. If you have 100 calls to make, you're an SDR in a tech company, you've got 100 calls to make, 100, did I say 100? 100, excuse me, 100 calls to make, and every one you get anxious about, you're not thinking about it in the right way. You're just not. So the way to combat fear is to change your thinking, change your intention from being you focused or me focused to being them focused. Change your attention from how can I make these calls today and leave this, this world of 100 calls better? Can I educate them? Can I give them an idea? Can I give them a tip? Can I ask them a question about what some other struggles are? That, that would suffice too. But you've got to change this fear. And I know nobody wants to admit they're afraid. We might use the word anxious or, uh, you know, a little conflicted or, you know, I get, I get a little nervous. But that's fear. And fear comes when the intention is misplaced. Number six, you're selling the old way into a new landscape. Customer is 70% of the way down the purchasing cycle before you get there. Now, you might say, well, but I, that's not the way leads come into me. They don't come in through the internet where I presume that people have searched and searched and searched and they finally landed on us and they kind of have self-diagnosed and self-prescribed. Yeah, okay, that's probably a more legitimate case where the prospect is 70% of the way down their, down their buying process. But it's no different if you show up at a prospect's office, drop in, cold call, and they invite you in. You don't think they've done some research before you get there? You don't think that they have no clue what you do? You don't think they'd invite you in if they were not even thinking about this product? Of course not. And if they've been thinking about it, they've probably been to Google and they've been sniffing around a little bit. So you've got to understand that they're 70% of the way down the process. So what do you do? You, first off, I think you just assume they are. You have to assume they're looking at other things, other alternatives. They're getting information. They're doing some research. 
So I think you have to ask the question first, where are you in this process of exploring solutions like this? Where are you in the process? They may lie. In fact, they probably will. But at least you'll get that out. You'll get, you'll get it into the discussion. You'll get it on the table so you can talk about it. Number seven. I might have said last one was number five. Last one was six. Here's seven. You rely on your convince and persuade skills, and they don't work like they used to. I think we used to rely on those, on those personality traits of convince and persuade, and we used to be eager and enthusiastic, and we used to change our voice. How many times have you done that or heard that? I mean, nobody admits they've ever done it, but I know they have. It's like we go into a role play when I'm face-to-face with some of my clients. It's, okay, uh, uh, tell me, how, how did that sound then? And they go into some kind of sing-songy, rhythm and blues kind of uh, script, well, I tell him, Mr. Prospect, I appreciate you inviting me in today. Let me tell you a little bit about what we have. Uh, no, that's fake. You don't talk to your child like that, your spouse like that, your pet like that, your boss like that, or me like that. If you did, I would look at you with a bewildered eye and say, wait, what are you doing? Are you on stage or something? Are you behind a microphone? I think we all change our vibe a little bit, but I urge you not to change it. And I urge you to go in not with convince and persuade skills, but with inquiry skills. Curiosity. The skill of curiosity is huge today. I'm curious. Tell me a little bit about your situation here. What are you trying to accomplish? What are some of your goals for the next few months, years, decades? If you go in with those skills and that kind of personality, you don't need convince and persuade because they're going to convince and persuade themselves. And isn't that better anyway? Answer, yes. Number eight. Eight, nine, ten. Yeah, number eight. You're not making quota or you aren't realizing your full potential. Those are really two different things. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to just do the quota thing. I read an uh, article the other day that had a stat in it that was a little surprising that said 50% of salespeople do not make quota. Now, I don't know if that was B2C, B2B. B2G. Is there anything else other than B2B and B2C? Surely there's a B2D. Anyway, so a, a percentage of us are not on quota. And here we are coming toward the end of August. We got one trimester to go, September through December. And if you're on a calendar year, maybe you look at your pipeline and look at your quota and say, man, how am I going to do this? Start today. Build a plan Every 30 days, actually, I would, I would recommend the book called The 12-Week Year. It's a quarterly planning technique book, and it's very powerful. I use it in all my programs, and it helps people to really get their core initiatives for the quarter on paper and start to plan them. As I've said in this podcast before, I think you and I are like project planners. We're master project planners. Yeah, I love the word master. Anytime you can put that in there. And what we have is we've got this project. The project is called Make Quota for 2018 or for whatever, whatever the year is, whatever you're listening to this. That's a project. It has lots of categories. It has lots of sub-bullets. It has lots of tasks. It has social media. It has physical or personal reach out. It has networking. It might have some publishing in it. But if you don't have a plan then your, your future will probably not be all that different from your past this year. So build a plan. That's, that is point number one. 
I cannot urge that enough. Build the plan. Number nine, your thinking is antiquated. In this world where everything is changing at breakneck speed, social media platforms, they they don't come and go, but the algorithms change. How to use these things change. Technology changes in terms of how you organize your day and how you communicate with your customers. Uh, I've made it a habit recently of communicating with my clients through voice messaging, not where I'm calling them and, and they're not picking up and then I'm leaving a voice message, but I'm actually recording a voice message on my phone and I'm texting it to them. And I, you can't, I can't tell you how many comments I get over the course of the month. I might do it 20, 30 times. About half those people say, hey, that's cool. I enjoyed that. That was good. It gets through to them. And meanwhile, I'm not uh, pulling off to the side of the road trying to type some uh, keyboard, some email in with my thumbs. I just talk it. And when you talk it, your tone comes through, your interest comes through, that there's no way it can come through in a text or an email. So you've got to change your thinking about how to communicate with your prospects and your clients. Don't be afraid to use text. Don't be afraid to use voice messaging. Don't be afraid to use video. Uh, I've had some uh, situations recently where I've just picked up the phone, turned it sideways landscape, recorded a quick video, and emailed to somebody. And it gets through, and it gets read, and it gets remembered, or not read, it gets heard and, and watched, and it gets remembered. So you've got to change your thinking about how we take in information. Video is a huge part of that, so I think you should use that. And number 10, you're losing deals you should get. I just had a person who called on me about a week ago and we've been talking for a couple of weeks and he delivered the proposal and it wasn't, I told him exactly what I wanted and he didn't do it the way I wanted it. And so I had somebody else who was going to do it the way I wanted it. And he didn't have a process that was able to get me onto his track. So he let me go on my track. And then at the end, he went back and did it the way he wanted to do it. Uh, he never really sold me on his process, and so we were we were off kilter the whole time. Really good person. I really like this person, but we were off track. He should have gotten that deal. He should have gotten it, but he didn't, and I doubt if he is sitting there right now. He might be listening to this podcast. I don't know, but if you're listening, here's a message to you. You need to go back and think when you lose a deal, go back and look at the deal and say, where did I mess up? Not where did the prospect mess up? Where did they just not get me? No, it's where did you mess up? Where where was your fault? I think part of this idea of personal accountability and responsibility, which it seems to me in the culture we've kind of lost, we always tend to blame it on somebody else. We tend to be the victim a lot of times. I think we've got to take personal responsibility and accountability for what did I do that didn't work in that sales process? So go back, you can even go back through this list. You might find that you were never calling on the right person. You might find that you never really found what the key buying reason was. You might have thought you had it, but you didn't have it at a deep emotional level. You might find that... um, you didn't follow up in time or appropriately. Maybe you find that um, what you quoted did not have any link to the economic benefit of the problem you were trying to solve. So you've got to go back and constantly be asking yourself on the deals that you lose, what happened? And be rigorously honest with yourself about what happened. So those are 10 problems that I see. I tried to give you one. I don't think I missed a solution there. I might have missed one. 
but hopefully you've got 10, eight or 10 ideas of how you can start to solve these problems. Could be that none of these problems have any meaning to you. Maybe you don't have these problems, but I've uh, seen 25 years. I don't think I found a sales organization that didn't have some of these. So hopefully that's been of help. Make sure you go to BillKasky.com. We have webinars up there for sales leaders. Go check those out. Sales managers, regional sales managers, all the functions of sales leadership. And also we've got some free stuff. And if you want to talk to me personally, you can go there as a contact form. Fill out. Love to chat. You've been listening to the 2X Podcast. If you'd like to contact Bill, email him at bill at billkasky.com or follow him on Twitter at Bill Kasky.